WFIA welcomes you to The Art Parlor, where visually impaired artists of all types will discuss their work. Pull up a chair, bring your beverage of choice, and listen to thoughtful, stimulating conversations with visually impaired artists in all media and from all parts of the world. And now, here are your hosts, Anne and Peter. Welcome, everybody, to Art Parlor from Friends in Art. Tonight, we have author Heather Shell and Jason and Peter are here with me. Uh, we're just going to get started and get the flow going. So, hey, Feather, how you doing? Hello, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just, um, I think we, we're, we're just hanging out and figuring out what the weather is doing. Because I, oh, I don't know about you, but it's been weird. Back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> yeah. So you live in Texas, right? I do, yes. Yeah. So what's it was the weather 86, there? Let's see, 86 degrees three days ago. And last night it was 30 degrees. So yeah, I won't make up its mind here either. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what it's doing here too. So it's it's really yeah. weird. Anyway, um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your writing, and then I'm going to be asking you some questions. Okay. So I'm about to publish my eighth book. Um, I've been writing probably, I think, since like preschool. Well, my grandma's old typewriter, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but I didn't get published until the very end of the pandemic when I actually had you know, time to sit and work on that. <laughs> so I, um, I really enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. So tell us why you, you are a children's book writer. What kind of brought you over to, to that genre? And what do you find so fulfilling about it? Well, um, I'm a mom of five. So I have five kids and um, a whole bunch of God kids, a whole bunch of nieces and nephews. And uh, I homeschooled most of my kiddos and um, I went to school for teaching, uh, so I've got a lot of time with kiddos. <laughs> I probably know how to talk to kids way better than grown-ups, but <laughs> so it was kind of a natural decision for me. Plus, I just always get ideas in that it's in that area. <laughs> so, were you homeschooled? No, I wasn't. Oh, you went to? Um, did you go to public school? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, but in one of your books, you talk about your experiences I, uh, right. in junior high. Um, oh yeah, that was no fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I'll talk talk a little about that. Talk a little about that because so, that- so the book is Whispers, right? Right. Yes. Um, I decided to to write a series about um, extraordinary uh, kiddos who are in middle school who are facing a number of challenges, and I'm basing it on um, real people. So I thought the first one I would go ahead and write about me, which it actually took me two years to write that book because I really hated writing about myself. So it's very um, so autobiographical, whisper. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, and um, so I ended up going to the school for the blind. I didn't have a very good experience with middle school and public school. Um, but, you know, I learned a lot. <laughs> well, not I've, academically. I've, yeah, based, well, based from the, the book, I read the book, Whispers, um, and I, I was just, it was just a wonderful book. I mean, so many of the experiences that you had just as a, a middle school aged kid um, resonated with me and I'm sure it resonated with a lot of other people. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, when you think about it, school is a timeless experience. You could it be is. in school when 1908 or 1988 <laughs> and there's yeah. still the same stuff going on right. socially. And, you know, so that part yeah, even of if it, you don't have a disability, yeah, people, yeah. it's a rough age. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So is that what um, you found so hard to write about or is it, more than no, that. That was okay. It's just, I don't know. Um, so podcasts are hard for me because <laughs> I don't really like talking about myself either, but it's, it's uh, probably something I need to work on more. <laughs> You're doing fine. No. Don't worry about it. Um, so uh, let me get to, you did coloring books, didn't you? Oh, um, did you, didn't you do a, um, it's an activity book, an activity um, book. Yes. Yeah. Talk about that. That's really interesting. Oh, okay. Um, so I did an ability awareness activity book and it's got different information about different disabilities. I call it the spectrum of abilities mm-hmm. um, that people possess. And, you know, it, it has kiddos kind of examine their own strengths and weaknesses and realize, you know, that everybody has things, challenges that they have to to work on and things that they're really good at and things that not so much. <laughs> um, and so it's it's really like trying to 
give kiddos the perspective um, that everybody's coming from a different place. But those differences that we have, those are what make us unique and beautiful. Because, you know, if everyone was the same, it would be a really boring planet we're living on. You sure and would. If, sorry, my throat is so scratchy. <laughs> you, uh, so, um, you feeling okay? I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. It's just, yeah. I was telling Annie that my kiddos, two, my two youngest, they decided to try public school this year. And so, we're passing around every, <laughs> everything out there. We're just getting our turn with it. All the cooties are going mm-hmm. around. <laughs> So Heather, I'm curious about something. Um, You you, you went you went to school. Yeah, you went to Mm -hmm. junior high school for the blind and back to high school. In Mm -hmm. retrospect, do you wish you were homeschooled? Do you think how how do you think that that might have changed your life? Mm. Well, um, as painful as they are, I think that, you know, those experiences taught me a lot um, personally and it was rough to go through. But um, but yeah, I think it was kind of necessary for me to gain certain skills or mindsets. Um, and, uh, my mom, my family, there's no way they would have been able to homeschool me because <laughs> I was teaching them how to spell when I was in first grade. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love them. Oh, but <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Have to, have to well, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I am sort of curious because I, I, um, I know a lot, of, a lot more and more parents are homeschooling kids these days. Um, I think for good reason in many cases. Uh, um, what, what prompts you to make that decision? You know, well, I, uh, um, I put my my oldest uh, biological child. I put him in kindergarten and preschool in a public school, and we just had really bad experiences in both. Um, the, the teachers, they didn't want to communicate with me at all. Um, and I had already been teaching him at home a lot because he was my only child for five years. So he was already reading when he was three and he was mm. doing, you know, and he got a little bored in kindergarten and she sent him to the principal's office and I got a call from the principal and he says, you know, Ryland's here with me. I said, oh, he said, I'm supposed to, you know, He's supposed to be in trouble, but he's such a delight. We're just having so much fun. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's like, he's way too bright to be in that class. And I said, yeah. And, you know, he's bored. And and so I decided to go ahead and take him out. We finished the year. He graduated. Um, but, you know, his teacher, she really wouldn't communicate with me. We had several meetings um, with the principal trying to mediate. And she still would never reach out or, you know, answer my emails or calls. And that was you know, 15 years ago. Really but, frustrating. Yeah, it was. And I thought, well, you know, we're, we did find homeschooling pretty much before he went to kindergarten. So, um, and I had gone to the University of Texas for teaching certification, but I ended up having to drop because of me- medical reasons when I, my student teaching year. So I got, I took most of the classes and I did some of my practicals and everything. So I felt comfortable enough. Um, teaching my kiddos. I always say I went and got a fancy college education just to teach my kids, but. <laughs> well, it worked out. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah. So what was part of the homeschooling process that you found surprising? Um, so every state is so different. Um, every state sets their uh, requirements for homeschooling. And so you really have to research where you're at. Um, I'm lucky to be in Texas and they, they really just let you do your own thing. They don't have any um, requirements like they don't have to pass standardized testing mm-hmm. or anything. Um, oh, okay, interesting. None of that. So it's all left up to you. I mean, that could also be a little bit of a, a hitch in things like if you're not a very organized person, you know, or you're, yeah, you could go off and slide off but into. I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm I guess. not a really big proponent of standardized testing anyway. I don't really like it. So. Yeah. <laughs> so staying on task is really important, whether you're homeschooled or whether you're in public school. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's I think it it's is. more similar than it is dissimilar. Um, yeah. Like sometimes I wish that I was homeschooled, too, because I felt like your son did many, yeah. many, many times. Yeah, I, I was bored. I had I already bet. done this. I was <laughs> like, why am I still here? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's something. To I bet you were a very bright that. kid. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty precocious, I guess. <laughs> I, I learned how to read when I was three. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I just just happened to be reading when I was just after, you know, 
people just discovered that I was reading. They thought I was just looking at the pictures. And, I was really <laughs> reading them. and one of my sisters was like, Surprise. Mom, you know, she's reading. <laughs> That's fun. cute. Yeah. I mean, but, the, you know, but sometimes the, you know, educators don't pick that up, especially if the kid is quiet right. and shy and it's not as, you know, outspoken, right. you know, naturally. So, but are they paid to pick it? Are they paid to pick it up? Oh, I mean, that's I, a whole well, other podcast. So Feather, uh, you've talked about raising kids and homeschooling your kids. Um, what else has influenced your writing? What other experiences this has influenced how oh, you write or what you write about? Um, well, I've always been a huge fan of the ocean. So uh, a lot of my stories have to do with the ocean or ocean animals, because that's a little bit of an obsession of mine. <laughs> and um, what other things? Culture. I really enjoy culture. I'm in the middle of writing. Um, it's called Living Culture. I'm doing a whole series called Living, um, and I'm going to do it for different subjects, you know, science, math. It's going to be like practical, fun ways to learn. So the culture book, I'll have like um, recipes for food from that country and, you know, activities to do games to play that, that kiddos play in that country. Um, some coloring pages with like flags and animals from there, that kind of thing, um, where it's like interactive, immersive learning. Um, so I'm doing that for a few different subjects. And yeah, I've always enjoyed learning about different cultures. So do you like to travel? Oh yes. I love to travel. I mean, yeah. After I had kid number two, that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> traveling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what were some of the famous? What were some of the, like the, the favorite places that uh, oh. inspired you? Um, so I've been to Australia. That was a lot of fun. Um, oh, wow! And um, just you know, like the Caribbean, Western mm -hmm. Caribbean, yeah, um, places like that. I haven't gotten to go nearly as many places as I would like. What about but... the cold places? <laughs> oh, yes, I want to go to Alaska. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, I want to go a lot of there. places. Oh, wow. Um, all right. Any other questions from you, Peter? Oh, I was. I have lots of questions. I, I mean, <laughs> all right, go for it. <laughs> Uh, Ask another one. Feather knows. Feather knows this already. I've already interviewed her. Uh, <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Feather, you, you mentioned your your like your love of the sort of the ocean and all that stuff, mm -hmm. and, and um, uh, talk a little more about that. And I know one of the books you were um, you were writing has to do with what's it? A, is it a, is it a, a dolphin or something or a, oh, a, a baby something or other? Yeah, it's, yeah, um, humpback whale. Yeah, thank you, humpback whale. Mm -hmm. talk, talk about sort of more about how you how you fell in love with the ocean and all that stuff and yeah. and about that particular book so when i was five that was the first time i went to the ocean um my my grandmother always tells this funny story about you know we pulled up and we got out of the car and i was like what is that sound <laughs> and i thought it was just this big monster breathing <laughs> but yeah it was the ocean so that was a lot of fun and i just fell in love with it from then and we did a lot of exploring my grandpa and i and you know, finding shells and starfish and all different things. And it was just so much fun to explore. So it was those memories stuck with me for a long time. And um, I don't know, I just, I've always had, uh, I went to SeaWorld probably when I was 13. Mm -hmm. And that's where I fell in love with dolphins. And um, I already loved them. But oh, I actually got to, you know, pet beluga whales and um, feed dolphins and all that. So it just became an obsession at that point. And I was like, these are such neat animals, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, one of my series, actually, two, I have two series that are, um, ocean related. Um, my first book that I ever published is it's called the Cetacea Chronicles. And they're basically immortal children that ride dolphins and rescue animals. Um, so that just came from, you know, me wishing that that could be me when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Um, and But every book deals with a different crisis. Like the first one dealt with stranding, uh, pilot whales stranding. And um, this next book that I just finished is uh, an entanglement. And it's um, a, a humpback whale calf, um, baby humpback whale. He gets tangled in fishing gear. Um, and so they're real issues, you know, that animals face. And they're not, mm. not very realistic conclusions. But, you know. <laughs> 
I know that one person was reading it and they were really caught up in the story and it was kind of funny because they didn't know the fantasy part was coming. And then they were just like, what is this? This is not practical. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's a children's story. Sorry. <laughs> so how, how do you create a balance? That's an interesting, for me, an interesting question, which is how do you create a balance between mm-hmm. reality and fantasy? Right. Because when, yeah, and to right. be one about it, most whales who are caught up in fishing nets die. Right. They, they yeah, die they do. A, a terrible death. <laughs> how do yeah. you sort of balance that? Because it is, it's a, it is a children's story. You want, I, I assume you want them to be educated about this problem. Right. And there are discussion don't want them to questions. Be, have nightmares. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> there are discussion questions um, that deal with a lot of those topics, you know, like um, for entangled, you know, um, how can we avoid this problem in the future? You know, how can we make this different? And what, you know, what happens to real animals you know, when the dolphin riders are not there? You know, that kind of thing. Like, um, it, it, it is hard. There are, you know, people that go out and rescue animals when they can, but the ocean is so vast that, you know, not, not all animals can be saved in time or we don't even know about it in time. So, so Heather, Danny, um, so there are teaching moments that are going to be interspersed in, um, in the book. I mean, I, I mean, I read Entangled when you released, you know, the, the chapters and I was just, I've got to say, I was on the edge at the end of the <laughs> chapter. I was like, oh, what's going to happen next? And oh my goodness. And I could totally, totally um, imagine a kid in a library, you know, or, or, or in a Barnes and all, whatever, just <laughs> sitting on the floor with this book in their lap, just, you know, totally oh, immersed in it. I mean, I, you know, that would have been me yeah. as a kid if I had a book like that. I mean, like, <gasps> me too. And then, and then at the end, I'd be like, wow, this is what this is. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. so if that's your one of your goals for that book based on just reading the um, reading the beta form of it, it's going to be wonderful. And um, I'm so, you know, like to have that kind of connection with the imagination of a child is, is really not something every writer can do. So, um, so how do you keep that connection? I mean, I know you homeschool your kids. That's, that's a connection, right? How else do you foster that in yourself as a writer? Um, So, I mean, I'm always reading things. I think, you know, just, just always reading children's literature helps. Um, cause I'm always looking for things for my kids to read. And, you know, I gotta be honest, I actually enjoy reading middle grades and young adult novels for myself still. <laughs> so <do laughs> There's I. some really good ones out there. So. Yes, there is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always try to keep that balance of educational and entertaining, but you know, sometimes it's difficult cause I always try to teach something, but if kids, you know, know that you're trying to teach something <laughs> they're not as interested in reading it really so it, it's a hard balance well I, I think what's also more complicated is i've read some articles recently about how kids learn about climate change and have nightmares yeah and and you you don't want to you know you, you don't want to terrify kids oh no right you uh, don't. If, you, if you can avoid it and yeah. um and i don't know how you uh, you know it's an interesting challenge how do you educate kids this because this is an important matter you know right. they're they're gonna have to deal with it um but more than we adults are um how how do you educate it in a way that that wants that that encourage them encourages them to want to you know to want to address it take action scaring yeah. them to death right yeah. right, right. And, and not have the anxiety that goes along yeah. with it right yeah. that yeah. generalized I, I really think in children's literature it is about that happy ending um you know i was very touched mm-hmm. by free willy when i was a kid one of those you know that was my favorite movie forever i just played it over and over <laughs> but it has a happy ending you know where willy willy survives well in real life that was based on a real whale and he lived in horrible conditions in Mexico and he, you know, he wasn't freed when the movie was over and all the children around the world that saw that movie and fell in love with him, they started raising money and um, they actually raised the money for him to be released. So kids can make a difference when they try. They, you know, they, they can, when they put their minds to things, they can motivate adults in a way that, you know, other causes don't really. So they have a lot of power that they need to be made aware of, I think. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. I mean, I just one example of that is you know we if you go into um, and do a disability awareness thing with kids, um, mm-hmm. and it's the kids that educate the parents when they get home. Yeah, you know, because they're fired up yeah. about it, you know. And yeah. they're like, do you know you can't touch the guy, dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? kids are great. And this is why. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like it's so cool to to get them invested in that. And yeah. that's that's what's really neat about um, about what you do. You, I think, 
Is that what, would you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Uh, I agree with that. I did an ability awareness um, activity for my, my daughter's class recently. Uh, I'm starting to practice with local schools. Um, so I can oh, excellent. You know, yeah. offer some things, but um, it was, it was pretty funny because she, my kids always been homeschooled. Now we've done a lot of activities uh, with other homeschoolers and we've had like co-ops that we went to and all different things. Um, I was the activities director in Austin for, you know, a big, huge homeschooling community. And I organized like, you know, culture club and theater club and um, math club, all different kinds of things. Um, so they've been around kids, but, you know, homeschool kids are a lot more, I don't know, because they're with their parents a lot and their parents, you know, make an effort to educate them about people with differences, I think they're a little more accepting in a lot of ways. Um, hmm. And public school kiddos, like I know when I went to my daughter's school, most of the kids were like, that is so cool. That's your mom, you know, and they were excited. There was one little boy that he was like, you're freaks and your mom's a freak. And, you know? oh, wow. <laughs> and so she came home and she was like, this boy called you a freak mom. It made me sad. And I was like, oh, honey, <laughs> she had just never you know, yeah, uh, been exposed to anything like that before. So, so I think it's, you know, we're getting a different experience now with, with public school kiddos. Hmm. So do, uh, uh, um, what are your, what are your thoughts about the, your, the kids who are now in public school? Um, uh, are you planning to keep them there or that you might bring them back or what are your, what are your, well, I'm kind of leaving it up to them in a lot of ways. Um, my youngest, she really, really, wanted to try public school and my next youngest he was kind of on the fence and so I you know I was like why don't you try it for a year and then you can decide um okay. you know if it's your thing and he's doing he's doing well with it it's just he's not as interested in it he definitely you know when people talk to him he's he's a little bit he's kind of on the spectrum if you know mm -hmm. what I mean. so yes so yes, he's, okay. he's like mm. like people will talk to him and stuff which he has a lot of friends people look up to him and stuff but he doesn't you know, they're all like, I have a crush on this person. Do you have a crush on so-and-so? And he's like, hey, we're here to go to school. Okay. Oh, he's, oh, <laughs> he's got that ultra focus. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So he comes Aww, on like with sorry. all these stories. It's really funny. <laughs> it's like the, when the boy comes home from school, you say, hey, honey, how was school today? And the yeah. boy goes, it's okay. And then yeah, goes yeah. off into their room to play. And you get yeah. the girl and she goes, oh, well, Missy did this and I did that. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, just and my so daughter wanted to do it so bad. She's got like one friend and she's very shy and it's kind of, <laughs> you know, but she still really enjoys the school part of it. She likes it. And she likes watching the other kids and she'll tell me what everybody's doing and what, you know, oh, what everybody said all day. Right, all right. She's a watcher. She doesn't <laughs> participate much. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, Feather, I, I, I was thinking about our conversation about happy endings and, and, I, and yeah. I think that's, I think you're right. And, I'm reminded of, of a very uh, of a, what happened to me with I think my sort of my nine or ten year old stepson, and mm -hmm. they had to read a book, and I can't remember what the book was, but it was a well written book, and it had to do with a uh, uh, folks a, a couple of kids his age on a swimming team, and mm -hmm. something happened. One of his you know uh, a friend, two people you know who were friends, and one of the people did something to a friend that wasn't great, and the, and the kid died as a result of that action. Oh. And and I read I, I read him the book because. He, he, he was, he's more of an audio learner than a visual mm -hmm. learner. I had the book off a of bookshare. Fortunately, I was able to read it. And the guy stopped. My stepson thought about that for a long time. And mm -hmm. on one level, he was like totally sad. Mm -hmm. And on another level, it really got him thinking. And, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, I would, uh, you know, his mother and I were sort of worried about him for a while, but he, he did recover, you know, he's nine or 10 mm -hmm. years old, you know, and yeah. I, it's one of those fine lines that I don't know quite know where the line is. This, this was a really right. good book. Um, um, and, you know, and, well, and the there kids are doing children's right now. books. Yeah. There yeah. are children's books that deal with those topics. They're, they're difficult topics, but I mean, kids go through these things in real life. So it's something, you know, it's a reality and, yeah. and really parents can kind of decide where that line is. You know, is this appropriate to read? To my kids, or do I think it, it's okay for my? Can my kids handle it? Basically, um, right. I mean, when I was growing up, we watched, you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street when I was five years old. <laughs> oh, so, oh. <laughs> 
but, but there isn't a lesson. There isn't a, there isn't a lesson on Nightmare on Elm Street. It's just a, it's a, it's a horror movie. I'm not saying five year olds should watch your nightmare. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, uh, there's a difference between that kind of thing and, and sort of trying to educate them in climate change. No, for, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But your point is well taken. I mean, I, yeah. I it is it is you know really is up to, whether whether the kids are homeschooled or not. It really is still up to the parents to, to try to. Being involved right. with, well, with, with the kids' education. Yeah, we're the filter. You know, we yeah. you know, we're supposed to have the wisdom and the and the insight to help kids along right. you know, the path of, you know, what what it is they should be exposed to. Right. Um and well, I think, when I was in school yeah. we read A Bridge to Terabithia and that was one of the saddest books still oh, I've ever read. Oh my gosh. And you know yes. where the red fern grows and the, oh I can't <laughs> every time I, I mean I read the book or or, or I listen oh, to I it, know. I, I'm reduced to tears. Just, Me too, every time. Old Yeller. Oh, uh-huh. There are some real tear jerkers yeah. for kids. <laughs> Put an animal in it and get them hurt mm-hmm. and that's it, mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Fethi, you talked about writing sort of books about different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I know there are other books out there doing the same kind of thing, you know, yeah. educating people. How do you think your books differ from from what's 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 out there? Um, the ones that I'm working on, they're actually activity books. I've found some workbooks and I've found like coloring books, but I haven't found anything that's kind of everything all in one. Um, mm-hmm. And I've found like the random book that someone from somewhere writes about the country that they came from. Like um, there was a lady that wrote about, and she, she did like a, a neat book with a lot of these things that I'm talking about, like fun facts and all this. Um, and then she did a, a coloring book to go with it, like two books. And I think it was about Paraguay um, mm. or like a really obscure uh, place. You can find things, you know, that are just for one place or I, I just didn't have any luck finding all the materials that I wanted uh, when I was homeschooling. So I decided to kind of put them all together for people who want to do the same thing. So are, there any those, the same are there any of those books out yet? Are any, are there any of those, any books in those series out yet? No, those are not out yet. Okay. It's going to take me a little while to afford to pay for all the coloring pages. and. <laughs> That's true. I, know, I, I had a question about that. How do you handle the illustrating and the Ugh. and the graphic parts? Do you, do you hire an illustrator? Do you have a good relationship yes. with one already? It took, it was a horrible trial and error process, but yeah, <laughs> I have two really good people that I've worked with that are reasonably priced and um, they mm. let me make payments, thankfully. So, <laughs> oh, okay. And we don't, you know, I don't get the work until it's paid off, obviously, but sure. It's, yeah. It's like the audio narration. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you find people that you, you have a good relationship with and you just, you build on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, that's so, um, why don't we go off into a, another area here? Yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite? Who are some of your favorite authors? Uh, oh, yeah, so many. <laughs> um, Comes which to mind. genre? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you pick. It's up to you. Uh, um, I like everything. Mm. What about like an in, like an indulgent book? Like you don't want to be the you want to go in a different direction other than you know a children's or a young adult book. Right. You want to you want to okay. just yeah. Let's escapism. See. Escapism. <laughs> I don't really like romances. <laughs> oh no! Oh, okay. I don't really either. Yeah, I li- I like them if they're need- crossed over into something well, else. Yeah, exactly. But not. Like, I don't mind some romance you know- in my story, but I don't want it to be all romance. Yeah. Um, I like I pre- I pretty much like everything. Like every once in a while, I want a good like supernatural or horror or um good mystery or um. Gosh, I don't know. I read so many things. And the last couple of years, I've been reading a lot of um, independent authors. Um, I discovered some very talented uh, independent authors in the last few years. So, and I'm, I was telling Annie earlier that my list takes up a whole notebook of people that I want to read and review. So <laughs> it's yeah. a big, a big deal. Um, let's see. I really love Jonathan Mayberry. Um, oh, okay. He's, he's very talented. Um, yeah. Especially his his young adult series. It's kind of a zombie series, <laughs> but it's really good. Um, <laughs> and he writes about uh, the Department of Military Sciences in one of his series. That's really neat. Um, there's some. Oh, um, fantasy. The what is this? It's Kevin Hearn, the Iron Druid series. That's one of my favorite series. That one was really that's, good. That sounds um, really interesting. I might 
try that. Yeah, that one's amazing. I think he's one of the most educated authors that I've ever read. Um, he's he's one of those people that his writing style is very laid back, but you can tell by his writing that he knows something about everything. <laughs> it's just like he'll slip things in, you know, in his writing and you're like, wow, okay. Did you know? You yeah. know, there's these random yeah. factoids and stuff in his writing. That's cool. It, it, it's really, he's a college professor. So, yeah. but it's a very funny, really, really good series. Um, oh, Heather, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about something. Um, yeah. I've, I, I, uh, like many people, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Uh, oh, read I love it, Harry Potter. Read, 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 read as an adult, uh, <laughs> as my niece was, was growing up and read large chunks of it to various, various kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I'm now reading Nevermore series. Have you, have you heard about Nevermore? No, I haven't. Okay. Anyway, uh, I started reading it, and I've read other sort of similar, you know, uh, books. You know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. up and coming kids with with special gifts, shall we say? Right. You know, magic mm-hmm. gifts. And on one level, these books are, are good, and I enjoy. And on another level, I'm thinking, though, this is not Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you know, trying it's to say hard, it, it's, it's hard it's, to meet. It's hard that, to yeah. meet. It's kind of unfair. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of unfair, you know, as, as somebody who. <laughs> You know, I don't write fiction. I write nonfiction. But oh, you know, yeah. I, um, uh, but you know, I don't want to be compared to other authors because I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't compare. I don't favor favorably. But yeah. I find myself doing that. You know, which is really unfair to the author because J.K. Yeah. Rowling is a once in a generation talent when it comes to that kind of thing. It's Have really you had similar experiences, or uh, when you're reading <laughs> sort of fantasy books like like I, that? I I think when it's the the whole go away to magic school kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You can't help, but <laughs> you know, I just read a series that was really good by an independent author. It was her debut um, book. And it's actually, um, i trying to remember the name of it. I think it's called Minerva and the mm, Weavers of Fate or something like that. I'll have to look, look it up, but it, she goes to magic school, but it's like the Norse gods. <laughs> are the <laughs> oh, interesting. It's, it's, very, it's like in the Norse, you know, God, realm and it's it's really interesting but you know it was really nothing like harry potter other than she went away and went to school but you know while reading it i'm like (laughs) yeah so i get what you're Hmm. saying and i I was the same with the percy jackson series you know uh it it didn't compare in my opinion it was a lot of fun but well there was a series uh the second book which is called the midnight orchestra which had to do with um uh magic school but it was all music related so all the music notes had magic associated with it and Mm -hmm. And it was yeah. really interesting. Uh, it was it was really that really was good, and, and I couldn't quite um, you know say oh, okay, this isn't quite as good as Harry. Ah, you know, it's, like, it's, really, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really hard to, for at least for me. It's really hard to do, but yeah. I'm reading them and I'm enjoying them. I'm just like you know, she was I, just so detailed with building that magic world that you know, it, it felt like almost like you were there. You know, she's she's very talented at character and world development. So, mm-hmm. um, and that just doesn't happen. Well, even the Chronicles of Narnia weren't, you know, that engrossing, which I love those books. Um, but Harry Potter, it's just a whole, a whole different ball game, I think. Oh, the, the Chronicles of Narnia, I find, I, I, when I read the line, the original wordrobe, it like when I was in th- third or fourth grade or fifth grade, whatever it was, I loved it. And then yeah, I picked it up and crazy. read it again as an adult and I absolutely hated it. Oh, did you? Um, I did. Yeah, it, it, it's because it uh, I was comparing to, you know, again, I was reading Harry Potter at the time and Harry, it's just, you know, it's, it's it's the same genre, and I thought yeah. just Harry, Harry that Sir Harry uh, that Rowling was so much more attuned to sort of human frailty and human growth than than Lewis was. Yeah, you know, everything was either good or bad. You know, there was no in between right. Narnia series and mm. I. Right, there's I, a I, lot I, of I, gray area in real life. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that just that just that just really bothered me at the time. And uh, well, know, he was very Christian, and you know, it was well, supposed to be you know Bible but so, stories. But, but so, but so was Rowling. Rowling yeah. wrote, wrote that series from a Christian perspective as well. She talks about it a right. lot in her. Yeah, she does. Uh, you know, um, right. Doing, but it wasn't, doing it wasn't what, really fashioned what, after Bible stories in the same true. way. It was well, more. Uh, yeah. yeah. Is, I think Rowling yeah. just took that perspective and built it into her characters. Yeah. At a level where it was just part of them, you know, you know, who was, who was. Uh, uh, essentially good, or who essentially may not be good—not evil, but right. you know, maybe you know, predilections towards the dark side, you yeah. know, and uh, those kinds of things. So it was that I I appreciated about her writing. I think more than yeah. anything else, it was more realistic in that. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. people are, you know, all different shades. <laughs> oh, we are. Between. 
<laughs> you know, and, and, and even even Harry, I don't I don't mean to get yeah. into great detail, but even Harry made a lot of really, you know, uh, you know, bad mistakes. You know, you know, he obviously was a good guy, but, you know, he did things yeah. that were not great, you know, yeah. and I just didn't see that in the C.S. Lewis things. So no, I thought there that was really, none of it. Yeah, that's really too bad. Um, anyway, after after uh, that little detour, um, talk, <laughs> talk a little about how, how you're um, how you how your visual impairment is tied into all of this, you know, you, you, you know, oh. as, as a writer, how, what, how do you do what you do? Well, the writing part is really easy. <laughs> that comes naturally when I have time that is, but um, yeah. the, it's the marketing is probably the worst. And then, you know, I'm not good at promoting myself. So and that's something you really need to learn how to do as an independent author. Um, you really have to be okay with putting your name out there because you're your own, everything <laughs> so yeah that, that's rough and then you know contracting with editors and um formatters and illustrators and depending on you know what you're looking for um that's a trial and error process um it took me a couple of years to find the best matches and of course you know you can hire contractors through apps like fiverr and that kind of thing and right. you can find some good good illustrators and some good people on those and it does kind of keep your money safe but they they charge quite a fee you know for keeping your money safe and then you still will get you know taken advantage of because I've had a couple of people for instance <laughs> I paid someone to format my book and he sent me back because he knew that I was blind he sent me back blank pages like a blank document <laughs> oh my <laughs> I was like I can tell that's a blank document it's not you know, wow. he's like, oh, no, he said, no, it's just not reading it to you. And, you know, I was like, no, that's not true. And I had several people look and, you know, it's just a blank document. So and, you know, things like that, you can get refunded if you go through apps like Fiverr uh, or, you know, freelance kind of uh, apps are there to protect you from those things. But right. it is it's a trial and error process. And that's, you know, not even to mention your personality clashing with certain people or you know, certain people not having the same vision that you do on a project or um, it's, it's, you know, there's just a lot of things that go into it, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, so, so how, what, what technology do you use to write? Well, I started out um, with a Braille sense and I had that for eight years. <laughs> I got it when my son was a baby and when he was eight, it just went kaput. Oh, like, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't work anymore. I was already using is when my my youngest she when she was a baby and doing her chemo treatments. I left it next to her and she pulled off all the keys off of it. And I was like, oh, no. oh. <laughs> and they wouldn't go back on. So I had to use a little USB keyboard. <laughs> wow. So when that broke, I tried to get a voc rehab ca uh, case opened in Texas to help with my writing. Um, I needed some computer training and stuff um, and to see if maybe they could help me get a new note taker or something. And they denied it. They said that my author path wasn't a viable um, mm -hmm. employment option, even though they paid people to become underground rappers, but we won't go there. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and, you know, I didn't want money. I just wanted some training and uh, on the equipment that yeah. I have because I'm very out of date. But so I ended up finding, um, I used my phone for you know, almost a year. And that was rough just with a Bluetooth keyboard. Wow. But I really, um, I'm not good at writing. I'm not an auditory kind of person. I need to see it in Braille. So mm -hmm. I ended up, uh, a friend of mine was getting rid of a Braille note. So I got that. Yay. <laughs> it's been so much easier since then. But so do you have a computer or you just rely mostly on I, Braille note? I had, I do have a computer, but it's very out of date. Um, and I, I really don't know how to even use Windows 10. I'm old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. You know, you're um, well, you use what you use. And, yeah. you know, that's, you, that's, we, that's how we, you know, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? How we relate, you know, to our technology. What works yeah. best for us is what we tend to stick to. So, yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, no, it's, but but you use a lot of apps on your phone, right? Which which yeah. I am like totally clueless about the, these days. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, you know, we all have different uh, strengths and limitations on, 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 on all this stuff. So, so wait, I have a question. Ahead. Go back to to um, the Commission for the Blind in Texas. I mean, do, do you have any um, 
positive things to say about them? Um, I haven't had any experience. It sounds like they let you down. The one time you asked for help, like. Right. Well, uh, and and it's been since college since, you know, I hadn't had any experiences with them in between. Um, So they, well, okay, I can't lie. My, my two daughters received services from them and they didn't really do much for them either. So (laughs) Uh, I know my, my youngest daughter, she's been transferred to like. She's only eight, but she's already had like seven different caseworkers, I think. And they always stick around long enough to like write a plan and then we never hear from them again. So she hasn't gotten anything from them or, you know, no training or anything like that. Well, he has you. So there you go. The best training is from, you know, from your parents. And, you know, she did because she started public school. Her vision teacher is great, but we just... You know, we just met her last week. But okay. She's going to start getting vision services because of the school, but Good. it's not through the commission or whatever mm-hmm. it is they call themselves now. That's how you know we're old because we still call it the commission. <laughs> I don't know what it's, I think sure. it's like Texas workforce or something now. I don't know. <laughs> One of the things that really worries me about this whole education system and counts and folk rehab system is that the turnover is just crazy because yeah, they is. don't pay very it well. Is. Nope. And, and uh, no. And uh, I, I was talking to They're, my... They have a my, lot of expectations. Yeah. And I was talking to my uh, my former RSB counselor and I said, well, uh, suppose I get a job. Can you open my case? She said, yeah, but it'll take three months. Mm. And yes. it was like, well, so am I supposed to wait for... Am I supposed to say to an employer, I can get help in three months? I mean, what is it right. supposed to do about that? You know, yeah. but that's, they are so far behind and so underfunded yeah, that... It, you know, and you know, I'm not a fan of the whole grip system for for lots of reasons, but yeah, but but um, that, you know, I I really feel badly for I you know for, for the counselors because they're 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 the ones getting getting it from from people. And I'm sorry, not in many cases, not. Oh their fault. yeah, it's not, and, and it's and, just a broken system. And, and the same yeah. and the same thing same thing with teachers. Yes. But then I have seen how they throw money away at really frivolous things as well. So you're right. Uh, you're, it's true. That's also true. So we haven't really talked about we've been we've been sort of running around in circles, which is great. But <laughs> um, and that's 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 my doing more than anybody everybody else's. Oh, no, it's sort of, great. So so let's <laughs> talk about sort of what books you have out there. Let's in, in more oh. sort of detail. What so what books are currently available? Uh, you know, oh. give us a, give us a pitch about each of the books and how how can you order them? Um, so right now they're all available on Amazon, uh, with my pen name, it's feather, like a bird feather, F-E-A-T-H-E-R, uh, shell, like the end of Michelle, which is C-H-E-L-L-E. And, um, there are seven available right now. And by the end of this year, I should have two or three more. Um, I've written about 50, so I'm just waiting on being able to afford to get them all done. (laughs) but um, wow. let's see. The first one was Stranded, and that's the Cetacea Chronicles that I talked about earlier with the dolphin writers. And uh, half of that is story. I think it has like 12 chapters. And the other half is like an appendix. It's a glossary and an appendix with like uh, pictures and fun facts about all the animals that were in the book. Um, hmm. So that's the other half of it. And it's, let's see, they're all available in... Uh, paperback, hardcover, and on Kindle right now. And I'm working on audiobooks for a lot of them. Um, and then the next book that I released was about my daughter's journey with cancer. Um, but it's kind of written from her older brother's perspective. I did it for, you know, siblings of kiddos with terminal illnesses uh, to, you know, kind of make them, you know, to let them know they're not alone. And um, a lot of proceeds from that book are donated to, you know, Make-A-Wish and there's six different organizations that I send, you know, a part of the proceeds to. It's the Ronald McDonald House and National Cancer Society and um, the Give Kids the World Village. And I know I'm missing one. I think it's St. Jude's. I can't remember. Um, but that one is kind of a niche picture book um, that's written for siblings uh, or families that are going through that. And then I had um, two books that are written from a children's perspective and it's one is called ode to mom and the other one's called ode to dad and it's poems recipes and like fun project ideas for moms and dads respectively uh it's kind of like a a gift either you know mother's day father's day christmas birthday something and um, it has pages in the back where the kids can fill it out um you know put their name and what i like most about mom you know uh 
what I love doing with dad, things like that. And that has little coupons that they can cut out, you know, a free hug. Um, I'll wash the dishes one time, you know, different kinds of things like that. Um, clean my room without complaining. No. Those are just kind of a whimsy that I had. And, um, and then I have the colors of darkness, which is the uh, ability awareness activity book talked about earlier. And that one, I actually give a free printable copy of to anyone who signs up for my newsletter. Um, so you can always email me at feather.shell.author, A-U-T-H-O-R at gmail.com. And just put subscribe in there somewhere and I'll add you to the newsletter um, and send you a free copy of that. And a lot of uh, Girl Scout troops, I was a Girl Scout leader for a while. And um, so I've had a good response from the Girl Scouts. They use that and several homeschool groups have used it um, to plan activities. And, um, and then I have my extraordinary series, the first book, Whispers, that we spoke about, um, kind of my autobiography. Uh, someone did inform me because I called it an autobiography. Someone said... Uh, you're not famous enough. So it's called a memoir. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there's that. It seems seems that memoir is the more hip term. I've never heard, I've never heard autobiography in years. I know. know, It's kind of a new fad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody has a memoir. It's fiction based on real life circumstances. That's it. (laughs) Well, that's, you know, like, like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and but also, um, if anyone uh, wants to, I'm always looking for uh, people to add to that series. So, if anyone has had, you know, a rough or had challenges while you're in middle school, and you think that you might be a good fit for that series, I'd be happy to interview you mm. and see. So, you can always email me, uh, and we can figure that out. And then uh, I have, what did I do them all? Oh. I missed one. <laughs> I have a lullaby book I wrote for my son when he was little. And it's it's a poem. It's not really a lullaby. But he would tell me every night, Mommy, sing me a lullaby. <laughs> and so I would, I named my book that just, and I put in quotations because a lot of people are like, lullaby is not spelled that way. I put a Y because he said lullaby. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I have some critics on that one, but I don't care. You know, uh, <laughs> my creative license. <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that's that's a rhyming picture book. Um, and it it's basically all the things that you could be when you grow up. And I made that one. The illustrations are really great. That's when it, the illustrator that I'm working with now, we just have a really good rapport. And um, every page is a different kiddo um, dreaming about wanting to be something. And it's, you know prestigious things like a pilot or, you know, judge to, you know, a waitress, a construction worker, all different kinds of, a fireman, a teacher, you know, a mom, a dad, different things. And it's just got little sweet rhymes about what they do. And, um, and all the kids are of different ethnicities. I I wanted to make sure that that, you know, it was a diverse book. And so that that's been pretty popular. Um, It got the most reviews in the least amount of time, I think, even though Hmm. It's uh I think that's more that it's a quick read. <laughs> but <laughs> could be. <laughs> but it, it sounds but, like but it's there's, there's a need, too. Yeah. There's a need for yeah. things like that. You know, yeah. there's a need for, you know, for uh, you know, I, for I think a, that a you find a springboard for for kids to dream. Right. Yeah. I think that what I've found is um books that, you know, they call diverse, they're either they're I don't know, they're always you know, it might be all Hispanic kiddos or all black kiddos, but it's never like a mix. And I know I had a lot of, because uh, two of my children, actually three of my children are mixed. My, my oldest daughter that I adopted, she's Puerto Rican and black. And then I have two kiddos that are black and white and then two white kiddos. And um, my youngest and my second youngest that I wrote the cancer story about, my youngest is white and then her little bit older brother, you know, he's mixed. And so on the cover, it has, you know, likenesses of them. And people are thinking when they look at the book, they think, cause it's called invisible me. And they think it's um, a story about, you know, siblings being of different color, but that actually has nothing to do with the story at all. So. Oh, you're, I, think, I, I love your family. They're blended yeah, family yeah. and they're the best. Cause I have, I have very similar. Um, mm-hmm. circumstances. I always said when I was little that I wanted to have a rainbow family. I didn't even know what that <laughs> meant. <laughs> but I got one. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I, I, this uh, feather. I'm curious about something. Your 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 uh, 
uh, author pen name is Feather Shell, as I got it, as a C H E L L E. But I, 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 when you said that, my my immediate question was for your love of the ocean. I oh. would think that your that your last name should be Shell, as in S H E L L. I thought about it, but I like. Um, I guess I made it unique that way because my grandpa she, that was his nickname for me because my name is heather michelle so ah, he would okay. always he would always call me feather shell and i thought oh i love that i'll use that in my uh my it's, it's nice <laughs> it, really, it really is nice i was just amused when i because you know you, yeah. you love of the sea is a major part of your of your life and, and of your writing it you is know? you're right yeah. um so so and my um, logo is actually a feather with a seashell so Ah, there you go. <laughs> well, there you know, you I, I interpreted it as feather being a quill, like a writer, oh, and I and shell go. as in just a, a like Peter said, just a play on the on the uh, the word shell with an S, but instead you used a C. Ooh. So, and, you I know, have I, my illustrator change my feather to a, a quill now because I love that. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, yeah, that's very good. Yeah, yeah it's very is. good. I love it. And it's memorable. Once people hear your name, they don't forget it. And I right. think that's part of the, you know, uh, part and parcel of the promotional stuff and the marketing is to be able to, you know, have that that name that resonates with people. So uh, you got that. <laughs> so what else is on your bucket list as a as a writer Ooh. or a mom or a person? And we'll we'll wrap up from there. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Well, I want to be on the New York Times bestseller list. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> that's that's a goal, I guess. <laughs> um, I want to travel more. Definitely have more experiences in that way, and um, just be able to enjoy grandbabies one day. Although my kids from this generation, all of them are like, "We don't want kids." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a scary time to raise kids. I mean, yeah, yeah. Zero. I, I say, you, you know, right. yeah. I, I hope you do have grandkids, uh, but boy, if I were a, if I were a twenty five year old kid, I don't know what I would think. You know, is yeah, it? Uh, it, it's it's a scary time to raise kids. It is. A, uh, you know, uh, we have grand kitties, as in kitty, oh, like you know, with little pointy kittens. ears and fur. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. I have a grand puppy, and then uh, my goddaughter, she had four babies, so I have grand god babies. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> sweet! Awesome, god grand babies, and then I have uh, my niece. I keep her all the time, so she's about to be four months old, and I'm getting my baby fixed. That's good. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah, it, it, it really is a matter of faith to, to, you know, to, to, you know, to be parents. It is. Uh, I think it's always, it always has been, uh, yeah, but I think, sure. think things are, things are different now, I think in, in many ways, uh, Feather, I was uh, going back to your, thank you for that summary. It was great. Um, it, uh, you have that book out that and that series called secrets, which you talked a little about whispers, what, what, whispers. whispers. Yeah. what did I, did I say? Whiskers. <laughs> Oh, did I? Oh, see, what, oh, oh, oh. what's the book called? I'm sorry, now I'm totally confused. What's the book it's, called? It's Whispers. It's, it's Whispers. Okay, after all that, so um, what? 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 What other books are coming in in that series? Oh, and Whispers. Um, so the next book that I'm writing um, is actually based on my adopted daughter's experiences in middle school, um, and. Uh, I think it's going to be called Stairs. Um, she she had a number of different things. Um, she has a learning disability, and she's very very tall for her age. She's always been very big for her age, so she was taller than a lot of the boys. And you know, they get kind of weird about girls who are taller than them, especially in middle school. Um, so she had a lot of of that going on. And then when when she moved with me, it's like her all of her family pretty much and all of her, cause her mother was one of my best friends and she ended up passing away uh, battling cancer. So um, when she became part of our family and then we moved to a smaller town, she was often the only kid of color around. Um, there were, there were a lot of white kiddos and stuff, mm. you know? And so she, she got a lot of stares for that as well. So she had a whole, a whole journey that, that we're going to share in the next one. And then I have a, an albino friend um, that I'm going to write about albinism in the third book, I think. And, um, and then I'm still interviewing people. I might have a perspective from the spectrum coming up. Good, and right. then, 
you know, I'm always looking for people with stories that they want told. So wonderful. How is your, how is your daughter doing the, the, African-American oh, daughter doing this. Uh, yeah, she's days. doing great. She put herself through um, beauty school and <laughs> she's a little sadistic. So she decided she wanted to become an esthetician. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh, her trainer told her, you cannot smile like that when you pull off the wax. That's creepy. <laughs> she's like, oh, darn. <laughs> she's, she's awesome, though. I love her. Uh, so, yeah, she's getting married next year and she's uh, working and doing all that. And um, I'm going to have a step-grandson, so that's oh. awesome. <laughs> I mean, he's a little bit older, but I don't, I don't get to baby him. But <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, we have time for just one more question. Yeah. Oh, you're going to yes. speak finally? <laughs> <laughs> he's very yeah. good at it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm circling back around to your creative process, and I I was just curious about when when you're writing, or, or when you want to write a book, do you get ideas all at once, or do you have this idea that sort of gets planted and starts to bloom, and oh. and, and then things flow? Oh, okay. So I go on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> I love tangents. <laughs> yeah, I had this whole like they're the best part. Yeah. When we yeah. had our last winter storm, I was like really in a zone like I got this whole new book idea and for like three or four days when we were homebound and I didn't have my little niece to babysit and everything I was just like writing 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 like so many ideas brand brainstorming and I ended up getting like two chapters written and I haven't gone back to it at all <laughs> that was like a month ago and I'm like oh it was going so well <laughs> but yeah it's it's hard when you're so tight like I have to I really write best first thing in the morning and um so, but I have to have the energy now to wake up before my kiddos, which they get up at six. So I have to get up at like four thirty five wow. uh, to write if I want to do that. And it's just not been happening much lately. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but it's great, great books, great topics. I just love it all. Oh, That's so thank cool. Thank you. Oh, I did have one that I'm writing for younger kids about disabilities and it's featuring pets. I just wanted to squeeze that in there. So it's real pets. Mm -hmm. Like my mom has a blind deaf dog. He's going to be the first one featured, and it's yes, called Abel. Right. I read it. I read the. Yeah, yeah um, you, you said so. a, a, something about that. Yeah. yeah. So Aww. that's exciting. I have a lot of educators that are, you know, because kids are really into animals. So I thought that'd yes. be a good way to reach them. Is, uh, is there going to be a bunny in there? Yes. There She's is. An albino bunny. Oh. <laughs> I've never had. I mean, I've had we, guinea pigs. Had one. I've never had a bunny. I told my husband when we moved to Pennsylvania, like, we're, I want a bunny. <laughs> that was my favorite pet in the whole world. I loved our bunny. She was the fattest, cutest thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jill, like, it, just, it just occurred to me. You're, you're yeah. writing. You're also writing this book because I remember you and I have gone back and forth on this about uh, sort of a, what are they called? Apocaly apocalyptic. Oh, situation. yeah. Which which yeah. I found really interesting, um, and you know I've you know it's kind of the how's that, how's that? kind of deal. Yeah, really, I just yeah. wanted to write that because I had that that idea during the last winter storm, the really big one, and I thought, oh, everybody's making fun of us Texans for being on our own grid, but what would happen if there was an EMP? Would we actually go with them, or might we be spared? And I thought, oh, that's a that's a neat idea for a book. It is, a and neat it's idea. just because I, I really like reading those kinds of things. Uh, <laughs> that's one of my favorite genres. So. Yeah. Well, I I've, I've been reading that. I, I, the characters and everything are great, and um, you know, just keep going with it because I think well, you. I, you know I can't wait to see what's going to happen. That that one's more like <laughs> more fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was kind of a challenge because that's not my usual. No, um, but you, you, write, you write really well. I mean, you know, you and yeah, I go back yeah. and forth on, on, on you know yeah. on certain matters about the book, but uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's a definite. It's, no, I love. Yeah. I love that you you always have such good advice. So you, I like the challenge. <laughs> always well, love. I love yeah. feedback. Thank you. So thank oh, you right. so much for for doing this interview, Jason. Yeah. Thanks for I'm having sure me. You have a lot of content, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, all thank right. you for well, being with us. Yes. Art Parlor is brought to you by Friends in Art and ACB Media. It airs every Saturday beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media 1. To listen and for a full schedule, go to acbmedia.org slash one. Art Parlor is also available as a podcast. Just search for Art Parlor in your favorite podcast app. We'd love to hear from you. 
You can email us at artparlor at friendsinart.org, and please feel free to check out our website, www.friendsinart.org. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next month.